Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome back to Leader Manager Coach. My name's Rob Riles and uh, we're here to have another deep dive into Leader Manager Coach discussion and today after our last podcast where we talked about some bright lines that came out of reading the fantastic book Pep Confidential about all about Pep Guardiola. I was sitting and thinking and couldn't get out of my mind how a 20 minute discussion about <laughs> Pep Guardiola was a little bit trite almost. And I'd made tons and tons of notes from from reading it. I was having a cup of tea and thought, you know, I, I'm not sure I've done it justice. And I do realise that we were just having an, an initial discussion about Pep and some of the things that jumped out of the book in terms of the real big things that are important to him, you know, his obsession with his analysis and his work rate and his focus on defending principles and his relationships with his players, etc. So I skimmed over some of the notes that I'd made and I thought, you know, this is deserving of much more than this. So I made a whole page up when I read the book on the actual tactical thought processes that came out of the book. And um, I want to share with those with you because, you know, there's some of you guys out there and some of you ladies out there who are interested, not just in, in the, the big rocks, if you like, but the detail. And, you know, it's that, I suppose we talk about, are you a coach who manages or are you a manager who coaches? Or are you just primarily a coach and you want to get out there on the grass with your boots on? and do your tactical thing and create those differences in the way that your team plays. So I want to do a little bit more of a deep dive into the tactics. And essentially, we'll look at three areas. We'll look at the in possession, we'll look at the out of possession, and we'll have a little look at the overall philosophy to do with the psychology and the relationships. So the tactics, his tactics in possession, his tactics out of possession and his tactical thought processes in terms of his communication and how he relates to players. Now, one of the things that Pep talks an awful lot about or has talked an awful lot about is the pivoty position or the deep-lying central midfielder or as some people call it, the holding midfielder or, you know, some people are even referring it to the, the American game now of quarterback. No matter what you call it, it's that guy, that lady, that player who plays centrally, who is essentially part of the midfield unit, who is your sitting midfielder, your makalele, if you like, who doesn't score you a great deal of goals, but is there essentially to provide that security, that stability, that Roy Keane position for Manchester United, that, that sits, that controls, that starts practices, starts playoffs, starts transitions off. Often a, a real good ball winner, 
often a great communicator, often somebody with great passing ability, somebody who can see a pass, somebody who can organise, and often a, a, a captain-type player. Now, sometimes teams play with two holding midfield players, a double pivotti or a, even a, or a single pivotti. I mean, I think that depends on your personnel, essentially. It may depend, of course, on what the coach wants, but, you know, do you play with one or do you play with two? That's a decision that every coach has to make. I think there's more single pivotis than there are teams that play with two. I think often if you get a great player who can play in that position, then that solves your problem for you. That's a big thing in Pep's tactics. And he talks about that player being able to drop in and become an additional centre-half. So you've almost got that transition process from an attacking formation where the pivotti, the holding midfield player becomes part of the forward process, the transition, the phase of play going forward, at least starts it off. Obviously, we'll have a defensive mindset and we'll be constantly thinking about security in the game. But when you're out of possession, when you're under the cosh, this player is, is a player that can drop back, has got some strength, has got some aerial ability, has got some combative ability, so that can become one of three centre-halves. So uh, would it essentially allow you, if you had a four-man defence, to have a five-man defence in transition when you're out of possession? And Pep talks about that quite a lot. He talks about the domination of central areas. So again, if we're looking at the pivotti, having somebody of that stature, somebody who can play like that is going to give you that fundamental starting point for central domination. And he's really, really big into that. So moving on from there, let's look at the outer possession is the almost brutal brutal obsession with regaining possession. Now, he talks about tactically out of possession, cutting attacks off at source. So it's a little bit like a, you go to the doctor with a, with a sniffle, a cold, feel a little bit under the weather, and you get some medication that cuts off the infection, if there is such a thing diagnosed by your GP your medical professional at source and stops it developing and stops it spreading throughout your body and making you extremely ill. And the analogy there is that Pep likes to really focus with this brutal intensity on pressing and closing and not allowing the opposition to have any time at all on the ball so that you regain possession early, you prevent attacks occurring and win the ball back up as up the pitch as high as possible. And psychologically, what that does to teams is it, it's destructive. When you realise and when you feel like you're in a game that you just can't get a grasp on, you can't get a handle on the game, you can't seem to string four passes together or three passes, your players don't have a minute on the ball and every weakness that you've got in your team seems to be highlighted by the almost incessant brutal pressing of the opposition. Psychologically, it's such such a thing to get over. And I think that that's what Pep's teams do to the opposition with their ability to cut off attacks and counterattacks at source. Now, again, related to this, we all know as coaches and managers that 
tactically in a game, you can't control all areas of the pitch all the time. Having 11 players on a full-size pitch, that's the beauty of the game, isn't it? There, That's why the goals are scored, because there are spaces, there are places available, there are passes that can be made, because 11 players on a pitch cannot control the whole of the pitch all the time. So Pep's focus in terms of this tactically He's really strong on zonal defending so that what you don't get is you don't get players running all over the pitch, ill-disciplined, uncontrolled, running here and there, leaving spaces. Because no matter where they are, if they've gone and chased the ball, they will have vacated a space somewhere, which will leave a vulnerability. So he's real big on zonal defending and having a role and a responsibility as part of a unit, whether that unit's a vertical unit with the player in front of you and the player behind you? Or is it a horizontal unit with you and the player to the side of you, left or right, if you're central? Or are you part of a three where you're the wide player and you've got a player inside you and you've got a player behind you? Or part of a four where you've got one in front, one behind, one to the inside of you and you're the outside player? So as part of that unit, so you may be part of three units, you will be part of two or three units, especially if you play in the midfield. And he's really keen on that. Now, in addition, and all the statistics back this up, if you look at where the successful teams are best and where they dominate, it is centrally. And in today's game, with the amazing statistics that we get from the cameras and the the analysis and the pro zone, which is available, you know, very, very shortly after the game, almost instantaneously in, in a lot of cases, we know that central domination of the pitch is a key factor in success and and Pep uses that and is really, really focused on dominating the central areas. So we'll, by default, be giving up the wide areas at certain times. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't press in wide areas, doesn't mean that they don't attack down the side and exploit the width because they absolutely do, especially in possession, which we'll come to in a minute, because by going down into a wide area, you automatically move the opposition across the pitch, which will create space elsewhere, which then allows you to transition the ball from that wide area into a central area and hopefully create some kind of goal threat. That's essentially the the little bit more detail in the, in the out of possession, which we did talk on in the previous podcast, but it certainly involves that, that work rate and it involves that getting that ball back brutally, quickly, so that you regain possession. Now, in possession, we talk about, or Pep talks about this domination of central areas and he talks about purposeful possession. So, although it may look like it, although it may look pretty and although it may look like they're just passing the ball for passing's sake, Pep's focus is purposeful possession. And Kenny Swain and Noel Blake, two real fantastic, fantastic youth coaches that I worked with, used to talk about this all the time, that penetrate and make use of your passing. Don't just keep the ball for keeping the ball's sake. Pep talks about this purposeful possession, but he also talks about patience as well. And I don't think there's a perfect answer, apart from the fact that the perfect answer is the most penetrative pass so that you score in the least amount of passes possible while keeping possession. So if you're passing the ball forward in 
one or two passes every single time and you're losing possession, then that isn't effective. But if you have to keep the ball for 10, 12, 14, 15 passes and then find that one incisive pass that gets your number 10 or number 9 or 11 forward, a one-on-one in the goalkeeper, then that's a success. And Pep talks about doing that centrally, which is, I think, why when you look at the great Barcelona team, that they had players who could dominate centrally. And they could have the ball at any given moment in time with two players on them and had an awareness and had supporting stars in their team that they could give the ball to and know that that person could deal with the ball and move it on to a a player in more space. So it's finding those little tiny spaces that will create bigger spaces that at some point with the right awareness and a player who can deal with the ball will find you that space in between two defenders. And that is more effective centrally, obviously, because it gives you access to that zone 14 in front of the goal where the majority of goals are scored. And if you're playing the percentage game, you know, like Chelsea did under Mourinho, in terms of where you dominate possession, then going centrally every single time, according to the statistics, will give you that success. And again, if we look at the statistics in terms of crosses, the number of goals that come from crosses is infinitesimally small compared to the number of goals that come through passes or movement of the ball in the central areas. And, you know, I was brought up as a as a young kid, adolescent, when I was playing, or, or that, you know, it was all about getting the ball to the winger, beating your man, beating the full back, getting to the byline and pulling the ball back for the big centre forward. Do you know what? And there's absolutely nothing, nothing, nothing wrong in that. It's been part of the English culture for a long time. There's nothing wrong with it. But statistically, at the moment, if you take note of, of those statistics, which I think, you know, you're a fool if you don't, it states that central play and getting the ball in to your players in a controlled manner centrally rather than getting a big long cross in, it is more successful in terms of creating goal threat. Now, Pep also talks about how he loves near post shots and... Again, this is something that is more of a recent phenomenon for me in that, you know, I was always told, I was always coached that if you get an opportunity to shoot, shoot for the far post where the space is, where the keeper can't reach it. And that that's where you're going to get your goal. And I'm not making any comments on whether that's right or wrong because it, it is situation specific for me. But Pep talks about a front post shot or a cross to the front post that's on the goal that if nobody touches it will go in is worth half a goal because the speed of the ball these days, the swerve that's on the ball, the movement of the ball, the number of players that get in the box and the ability of players in the box today with deflections and touches and goalkeepers who are unsighted often means that that front post delivery with pace at the right height is such a challenge for goalkeepers and defenders. And, and Pep talks about that in some detail, how he, how, he, how he really likes that. He talks about creating overloads in these key areas. So a lot of his drills, his plays are about in training, about creating overloads. And that overloads applies to in possession and out of possession, but certainly in possession, 
create overloads. If you can get a player driving inside, can you get your fullback to get high and wide on the outside to create that overload so that, you know, the opposition have to move to deliver, to, to cover it? And can you get your opposite winger, wide player to, to come in in a wave into the box so that if the keeper parries it, it comes off a defender from that near post shot cross, you've got another wave of players coming into the box. And he talks about that in some detail. Now, Pep also talks about going back to the outer possession side. And I apologise for jumping from in, in possession to outer possession. He talks about how he coaches his forward players out of possession to occupy their back four so that their back four, the opposition's back four, don't get opportunities to actually become relaxed and think, you know, I can get forward here. They're always on the back foot. They're always thinking, I don't go forward. And how he utilises his forward players to actually be occupiers of the back four players. You're not going to get one of your centre forwards or two of your players who are forward players to actually be able to run the width of the whole pitch all the time. It won't happen. But what you can do successfully is you can certainly get two players to actually make play predictable. And if you have three forward players, you're the type of team that is looking to attack an awful lot in the game and you've got three forward players, you can certainly occupy the whole of the back four. And Pep talks about that again in some detail. Now moving on, so we've talked a little bit more detail about out of possession. We've talked a little bit more detail about, especially about centrally, about in possession. And I just wanted to touch again tactically on how Pep talks about or what he talks about in terms of his relationships with his players. He spends an awful lot of time in one-on-one situations with his players. So he really helps his players to improve personally by spending time with them on a one-to-one basis so they know exactly what it is he wants from them as a role and a responsibility and where they should play and how they should play and what their run should look like and who they should be working with and who they should be pressing with and where they should be when the ball is in a certain situation. And he really emphasises that. And I think that that is something that would make players feel really special and creates a great desire in them to achieve that. He talks about the training intensity, how he makes no bones about it, that it's a work ethic. The whole thing is an incessant study and implementation of practice that is all about trying to achieve something of great detail that involves lots and lots and lots of practice. And he talks about having to maintain control of training sessions, really getting his players to buy into what it is he's doing. And that doesn't come overnight. That certainly doesn't come overnight and it certainly doesn't come easily because you have to get your players to buy into it. You know, there's a great phrase, isn't there? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if people know how much you care, they will go to the end of the earth for you if they know they're going to get out of it something that's of value to them. And if their careers are going to go into orbit because they've got a chance of winning European Cups and FA Cups and being successful, then they will work as hard as they possibly can if they believe in you as their leader. That's what Pep spends a lot of time creating. So in essence, we've got a little bit more of a deep dive into his in-possession where he talks about central areas and he talks about creating those passes about the balance between being patient and being incisive and the the outer possession, your pivote, your your, your three centre-halves and that cutting off the opposition's attack at source with that brutal pressing and 
the way that he goes about his detailed work with his one-to-one relationships with his players, with detailed roles and responsibilities that comes over a long period of time. So I felt quite strongly that I needed to go into that a little bit because I didn't feel that the last podcast, which is more of the bright lines, the big rocks that came out of the, the first reading of the book, didn't go into so much detail. So a little bit of detail there. Let's, I really hope that you can take something out of that. I hope you're inspired to go and find out a little bit more about it. See if you can get something up about Pep on, on YouTube because what a brilliant thing that is to find out about um, how different coaches work. But again, thanks for listening. Do appreciate your time. It's been great talking to you. Rob Riles, I'll catch you soon. Bye-bye.